Her and EU, a European podcast on gender equality. Brought to you by the Martin Center with Loredana Teodorescu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Her and EU, a podcast on gender equality and women's role in the society. I am Loredana Teodorescu, and our special guest of today is Eva Meidel, member of the European Parliament, where she's part of the Committee on Industry, Research and Energy, and also the president of the European Movement International. Eva, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Loredana and the Martin Center for having me. Very happy to be joining you today. Thank you. So let me start with a personal question. So despite your relatively young age, you've already had an impressive political career. You hold different leading positions. Uh, So looking back, what have been the ingredients of your success and how being a woman has affected your career? Look, first of all, I'm very happy we are talking in March um, around the days of the International Women's Day, uh, because I think it's important to put an emphasis on what women as professionals, as what women as moms um, can bring into society. I just returned from uh, New York, where I attended the General Commission on Women, and it had a specific twist on tech. Why I'm bringing this is because these are the topics that I work quite a bit here in the European uh, Parliament on. And I think to a very big extent, um, you know, when I started and when I got elected at the age of 28, it was determined, um, you know, my, my experiences from before kind of gave me the, the force and the support to work on something more innovative and more different. Tech was not a topic for politicians. And perhaps it was, um, you know, luck. I mean, I would like to say it's luck, but anyone knows that you need to work very hard every day uh, to be in a position of luck, uh, perhaps, um, and to be elected at, at, at a young age. But then you need to work towards your goals and you need to very well craft what sort of goals uh, this should be. So perhaps I was, uh, you know, I never actually thought that I should work in tech because I will probably be one of the few women in the room talking tech. Um, as you know, I'm not able to code or uh, be able to to produce an, an app, but I would like to uh, understand the newest challenges before us. I would like to understand the upcoming industrial and technological revolutions and prepare society as a whole uh, for those uh, challenges. Um, and I think being a younger woman in in parliament uh, definitely puts a spotlight on you but i would not want to think about it just as a spotlight but more like giving you the space and the opportunities to explore topics that you truly care and are interested about and build Uh, on them. So I've been very fortunate to be supported by men and women on the way uh, that could have, that see the potential of uh, someone that has less experience, uh, but someone that has creative uh, ideas on certain topics. Then following uh, up on that, you mentioned that you are working a lot on promoting uh, technology. Uh, You are working on digital policies. As you said, this was not so 
common for women and for women parliamentarians. But in the end, there is also a strong connection uh, between those topics and, uh, and, and women. And I'm wondering how innovation, technology, how education in the digital age can help achieving gender equality and also can help us uh, promoting the empowerment of women and girls. And what are, in your opinion, the priorities? What's the role you can play in, uh, in, in this area? I think women are, to a certain extent, one could say, uh, being left behind once again in the face of societal and economic shifts as big data becomes increasingly valuable for our society um, and, in, and, and economy. And around the world, uh, Europe, of course, included low level of literacy would uh, remain still a huge uh, challenge. Another challenge is the digital literacy and the lack of it. Um, and this only helps to widen the gap. And this is why I believe increasing the skills uh, across society, but especially among uh, women, it's very important. And this is why teaching skills that are, you know, more technical sometimes uh, will be important as reading and writing and the ability to do that. This is why in my work, I've championed this through the establishment of a nonprofit called Education Bulgaria 2030. I've done so as the supporter of public libraries, coding schools, uh, but also more importantly, as a core principle in the legislation that I work on, uh, where I've always included uh, the possibility for enhancing uh, the skills of, of, of citizens. As I said earlier, you know, I'm not an engineer, I can't code, but I very well know how it feels to be the only woman in, a, in, 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 in the room talking uh, tech. Uh, and I would ideally want to see those rooms uh, full of women talking tech and full of also men, but at an equal footing. Um, but to achieve that, we would need more investment, uh, better infrastructure, and of course, enhanced skills. Um, and I think uh, a way forward and a solution to that is to see more public-private uh, collaboration. Uh, the nonprofit that I've mentioned that we've set up, um, Education Bulgaria 2030, I think uh, is a prime example of this type of collaboration where policymakers can set the path and goals, but it's through working with civil society, with business, with government uh, to implement those goals and to achieve tangible changes. Thank you. You mentioned already several concrete initiatives that, uh, that we can take in order to fill this gap uh, when it comes to women and, uh, and, uh, and digital skills. Of course, it's about uh, education. It's also about funds and promoting synergies among different actors. I think that this is essential also if we look at the, at the future of the employment uh, in a world dominated by artificial intelligence, by machine learning. Of course, we don't want to uh, leave uh, so many women behind. And this brings me to another very important topic you are dealing with, which is artificial intelligence. You've been indeed the Industry uh, Research and Energy Committee rapporteur on uh, the Artificial Intelligence Act, which is a milestone, I would say, the first ever general law on artificial intelligence, which tries to address the risks of artificial intelligence, but at the same time, I think it's important because it positions uh, the European Union to play uh, a leading uh, role globally on, on this topic. 
so first of all, I'm wondering how are you trying to uh, ensure uh, and balance the new technology uh, with safety? Uh, and how uh, it's important, for instance, looking at this kind of topic to uh, take into consideration also a gender perspective. I mean, I'm glad you're bringing this this up, um, as we are indeed currently at the negotiations and at a tipping point uh, for the AI Act. Um, one aim and a main aim of the AI Act is to tackle the so-called black box phenomenon uh, of AI systems. Um, that means uh, we need to understand when they make a decision, how did they arrive to making this decision? Um, in you know, if it comes to uh, women um, applying to a job, uh, AI system can scan their CV and. How can we know whether uh, that woman potentially did not get a job is a result of a discriminatory AI system? Or if an AI system decides a woman should not uh, have an access to a loan, for example, did it decide that on the basis of her gender? So we are considering all these sort of questions. Um, and we try to tackle the problem um, that discrimination that could potentially occur against women, but also people of different race, uh, age, nationality. Um, it's tackled because this is a horizontal law, uh, meaning it would apply across sectors. Um, and some sectors like employment are considered high risk. And this means they would need to go through more extensive checks, through more obligations in order uh, to uh, deliver a results. I think it's important for us to have this explainability principle, to have AI uh, being able to explain how it reached to a certain decision when it comes to the high risk cases. Um, and um, especially when it's used in the workplace, at schools, at banks, we need to know why this decision has been uh, taken. Um, of course, I think it is fair to explain and remind uh, that um, no system is without bias. Uh, AI is only as good as the data that it has. And unfortunately, we have to acknowledge the reality uh, that a lot of the data that is out there is already biased due to people's own uh, preconceived notions, perceptions, and stereotypes that exist. Uh, but I also am of the belief that the more advanced the technology is, it can offer the ability to be more accurate, uh, nuanced, and to quick, uh, much faster errors and to fix those errors. So I think we have to look at both the positive and the negative effects of uh, AI uh, when it comes to female empowerment. And the AI Act has prompted those discussions and issues to be, uh, so to say, re-examined. And I think this is a good thing. Indeed, I think it's a very complex, uh, but also fascinating policy area. And then maybe more generally speaking, and looking uh, at our future. Uh, you said that there is no green deal without the tech deal. So how is uh, AI instrumental uh, to a sustainable future? Well, I think AI and other new technologies 
are the ultimate enabler of sustainable future and the sustainable future that we envisage uh, as a society, as communities, as businesses, but also uh, as the European Union, uh, because we've put very ambitious goals ahead of us. About a year and a half ago, um, I had the idea to set up a group called AI for Sustainability. And the idea was simple. We wanted to meet with experts, researchers, uh, representatives of members states to learn on all topics related to energy efficiency, renewable energy, and new breakthrough technologies in these areas. When we started the grouping, a lot of the many existing challenges, specifically the ones brought on us through the war um, that is happening at our borders, were not uh, out there. The energy cost, the, the cost of living crisis, I think has forced us to rethink those dependencies and our future sustainability uh, strategy. Uh, But it has also inserted a certain amount of pragmatism and realism in the way we approach topics such as the Green Deal and those strategic plans. And this is why um, learning from the knowledge of this group, I think a crucial approach to reaching net zero is doing the same things we already do, but in a much more efficient uh, ways. We need those new tools, uh, technologies, especially also supported by AI, but not only, uh, that exist. Uh, They need to be scaled and they can help Help us operate in all these economic sectors while consuming less energy. And it would be important to start learning about them, as I said, to scale them, to invest in them in order to be able to put them to use. We cannot any longer speak in silos. It is not just a digital deal and a green deal. Digital on the one side and energy on the other side. Uh, This transition needs to be integrated together. We have been talking about the trend transition for so long, yet now we are seeing more and more the real world examples and why this is necessary. If we want to achieve our ambitious uh, targets, we cannot uh, do so by only putting new strict regulation in place on every single sector. It's a two-sided approach. Uh, The other side is to uh, listen to the entrepreneurs, to the creators, and make sure we uh, help them create the conditions to deploy those AI solutions throughout Europe uh, and the world. And in this case, if we are to reach, just to sum up, the ambitious goals of the Green Deal, it will be technology that will get us there. So we have to put those investments in place to enable us to reach the Green Deal goals. So in that respect, no Green Deal without a tech deal indeed. I think that you are doing great already in connecting tech, uh, digital, entrepreneurs, uh, education, women empowerment. These are all connected in a way, so they should not conceive in, uh, in silos, of course. Uh, and this brings me back to your, uh, let's say, personal story, because uh, you are considered nowadays as an influential MEP, one of the youngest, but also ranked in many lists as one of the most influential politicians shaping Europe, one of the emerging uh, change makers. So somehow you have a sort of responsibility. You have a powerful voice. You have an influential position. 
You are also coordinating this uh, network of young members of the EPP group in the parliament. And I'm wondering, how are you trying to use this powerful voice today in order to advocate for more women and young women uh, in politics? So how are you trying to create the space for them or how are you trying to alleviate some of the obstacles? By the way, I I have an entire uh, female team here in Brussels. It was by coincidence, uh, but I'm glad that even in my closest vicinity, I can uh, work with very professional, very capable ladies. And I believe we learn from one another. I very much believe in reverse mentoring uh, and learning, irrespective of the age and the position. I uh, do learn a lot from them and I hope I also can support them in, in their path. Speaking of reverse mentorship, I am inspired by many women that I currently work with, uh, some of them in uh, similar positions as mine, others uh, leading countries or parliaments or parties or institutions. I do learn from them on the way they take decisions on how they balance uh, professional and personal responsibilities and how they operate to what, to a very big extent, often can fill uh, a man's world in, in politics. And in this respect, my door has always been open and I'm always there for an advice Uh, to any uh, women professional. Uh, And I use uh, even sometimes short interactions to uh, explain to women that uh, talking to one another, having role models, being able to have mentors uh, can help us a lot to work on perhaps some of our weak spots. Um, At least throughout the years, I think one of the weak spots in the beginning of one's career is confidence. Another area where we need to learn to be more effective is uh, uh, how to plan and set up your next goals and aims and systematically work towards them. Very often we've seen things are not based on meritocracy. So apart from being excellent in what you do, you need to be strategically Uh, well positioned uh, to be considered for a next job or uh, to be considered for uh, another type of area you want to excel um, and, and so on and, and so forth. But also we need to learn how to balance our professional and personal life and talking to people that have gone through that and giving you suggestions and advices, it's very important. There are a number of um, uh, academies and masterclasses to support uh, women in business. It would be good to have similar uh, setup, uh, you know, uh, ideas and projects and programs to encourage more women to join politics, to give them, um, you know, and inform how they could be part of a political Uh, system and give them the tools to be prepared. Uh, Why I say this is uh, important is because if one looks at various surveys, uh, one would understand that, first of all, politics is not a very appealing profession for both men and women. Uh, Lately, uh, one could see uh, the types of hate uh, 
uh, one encounters both online and offline, bullying and so on and so forth. Uh, so I think giving a good training to both women and men that want to join politics, it's important, but providing them uh, with the tools uh, and ways uh, to navigate the very complex and very often unwritten, uh, so to say, rule book of how to uh, succeed in a political environment are important to motivate uh, those considering a career in, in politics. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eva, for your inspiring words, first of all, and then for your time and insights. Uh, and thank you to the Martin Center for making this podcast possible. And thank you all for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you. That was today's episode of Her and EU. Subscribe to our podcast for more.